how to offer insurance solutions as an RIA. That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is episode number 50. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. So big episode today. This is actually episode number 50 of my uh, RA explanatory series. So I, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to everyone that's followed along, uh, whether you've watched it in video format, listened to it in podcast format, uh, whether you click that like button, left a review, whatever it is, certainly appreciate everyone that has uh, participated, shared it with uh, their friends and colleagues or whatnot. So thank you for that. I look forward to the next 50 videos to come, but but be in the 50th video, uh, certainly a great show today, great topic, great guest. So at a macro level, we are going to be talking about, you know, if I'm an advisor and I move into that RA model, can I continue to, or can I continue or maybe start if I'm not currently doing it, offer insurance solutions to my clients? So to help us with that today, for those watching on video, we have a, we have a wonderful guest, Tim Rimbowski uh, from DPL Financial Partners. Tim, thank you for joining. Yeah, Brad, thanks for having me today. It's exciting to be on your uh, 50th show. So thanks uh, for bringing us in on uh, this event. Yeah, Tim Tim told me ahead of time, it has to be the 50th show or I'm not coming on. So And, that, and I was going to give him walk-up music too, but we didn't, uh, we didn't get a chance to put that together. But uh, certainly happy to have you here, Tim. Uh, I'll ask Tim to give a little background on himself and his firm in just a second. But the reason this topic is important and worth doing a, a whole episode on is it, it falls under the theme that I, I come across all the time where advisors are looking at that RA model and there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how it works or what you can or can't do. And I would tell you some of that information, I think, is just from, from uh, innocent lack of knowledge that until and if you've ever dipped a toe, looked over the fence, you know, whatever analogy you want to use of and taken a look at the model, how would you necessarily know what the mechanics are, what you can or can't do? And then uh, also, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there uh, sometimes to try to deter advisors from maybe making the, the transition and, and people are told, oh, you can't do that. And the reality is in most cases, those misconceptions are or wrong. And the reality is you generally can do a lot of those things, but it's important to know how to do it, you know, what the mechanics of it are. And then, and then just as important, that's why we have Tim on is who are the solution providers you can work with to, to deliver those sorts of things. So, so with that, we're going to dive into that topic, but Tim, if you could start with a little background on yourself and also DPL, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, no, thanks for the introduction. Everything. Yeah, so yeah, Tim Rimbowski here. Um, so I've been working in the RA space for you know over a decade, and primarily it's always been with commission-free insurance. So started out at a carrier level, uh, Jefferson National, acquired by Nationwide, which was one of the first companies that really um, you know was dedicated to the RA space um, on the insurance realm. So started and then actually worked with David Lau to help start uh, DPL, um, was my current employer. And essentially what our, our mission statement is, is essentially what happened to the mutual fund world, you know, a number of years ago, which was taking basically expensive, you know, loaded mutual funds. And now nobody uses, right? Everybody uses essentially iShares, you know, low cost. Um, you know, they're not used to paying commissions for trading, things like that. We're trying to do the same thing that happened to mutual funds, but have it now happen to insurance, 
which is making it easier to purchase as well as purchasing it without the you know heavy commissions uh, that are associated with insurance. And honestly, you know, Brad, you're talking a little bit about how people are deterred from using the products. A lot of times it has to do with the expenses, the lockups, all the, the extra baggage that comes with it. So, you know, our mission is essentially to eliminate that through eliminating commissions and bringing value to the consumers. And then now as an RA, you can vet the product for, you know, the benefits it provides without all the baggage that it carries. So that's really our, our, our value to the industry is really just eliminating all the complexities with insurance, simplifying it, getting rid of the commissions and allowing RAs to work with it on an advisory basis instead of commissions. So with, so which is great. So I think that kind of answers the question that in general, yes, you can do this and, and, and you have to work with a partner like a DPL to do yeah. it. But specifically, if you could maybe just give us some examples, what kinds of insurance products are we talking about that are still possible in that RA model? I mean, is that variable annuities? Is that yeah. insurance or what's, what's the range of options that, that are available out there? Yeah, so let's just kind of talk about it from an industry perspective beyond just DPL. So, I mean, in the industry, there's been a huge, you know, movement, obviously, from advisors from the broker-dealer wirehouse world over to the RA world. And what this has done, it's caused carriers to react to that because obviously carriers are losing distribution because they don't have, you know, some of their general distribution channels have migrated assets over to the RA channel. So what this has done is had them forced to, you know, create new products, new designs. So as an RAA, yeah, you can certainly work with, you know, variable annuities, um, indexed annuities, fixed annuities, um, variable universal life, um, term insurance, disability insurance. There's a couple hybrid long-term care solutions out there. And I think one thing to, to make sure, you know, to differentiate here as well, um, if you are an advisor and it, Variable annuities, always you have to have, you know, some type of broker dealer affiliation to work with those. Now, typically the carrier or a company like ourselves supplies that for you. So any variable business always has to be done on advisory. If you're an RA, it's got to be done in a fee-based chassis. However, if you want to work with things like index universal life, you know, whole life insurance, traditional long-term care, things like that, those can still be done on a commission basis, just so you know. So you can be a fee-based RIA, and that's where you would want to work with like an you know, independent marketing organization or a field marketing organization, IMO, FMO type models. So if you still want to work with some of those solutions that are more, you know, done on commissions like term insurance, things like that, you can still do those as an RA and be established as a fee-based advisor, not fee only. Um, but yeah, you can work with all the product types essentially. And most can be done on a advisory basis, but there's a few that'll still be done on a commission basis. And we'll, we'll dive into kind of how the, the compensation works on some of these, but what is, and you mentioned it, you know, commission-free products. You know, I also hear fee-only products. I mean, are those, are those one and the same thing and that's just different ways to describe it or, or am I missing anything there or is it, is it essentially yeah. the same thing? Uh, the way you got to think about it, it's no look. That's the way to think about it. You know, it, these are no load annuities, just like you might look at, you know, B share, C share, no load shares in the mutual fund world. You're going to look at it from the same capacity. There's still, there's B share annuities, C share annuities, and no load annuities. Same goes with life insurance as well. So it's just basically we've created a new share class. It's no load. Okay. And we'll talk about, because a big part of this, right, we'll, we'll get into it. I'll ask uh, some questions here in a little bit on you know, some of that has some of those current products. Uh, and, and then is there a possibility to convert those or, or just start using new things going forward? So we'll, we'll get to that. But on these solutions that are, are 
no load, uh, you know, as, as maybe the better terms used, how, how does the advisor get paid? And maybe, maybe they, they don't get paid on all solutions and, and there might still be reasons an advisor wants to incorporate that into their practice to just to provide it for the client. But on, on some of the, the products where maybe there is an opportunity for the advisor to not only utilize the product, but get paid, if there's not a commission, how is that typically structured? Yeah, no, great question. So, I mean, how I spend my time day to day, um, I head up our membership success department at DPL. So I spend all day talking to advisors essentially on, you know, how they run their business, you know, from a high level uh, with regards to, you know, if I'm going to use insurance, you know, how does this fit into our grand scheme of things with regards to business valuations, revenue, the whole nine yards. And um, what I'm hearing from firms, they're treating insurance as an asset class now. So instead of it being a one-off transaction, so in the past, right, insurance is a one-off transaction. You sell them a product and then you're kind of just done and then you do your financial planning over here, right? Well, now that you're an RA and everything is focused on comprehensive financial planning, insurance is no longer transactional. Insurance is more strategic and it's considered an asset class essentially. So one of the biggest things I'm hearing from our member firms is that you know they want to start using you know fixed index and guaranteed income products as bond surrogates. So essentially the way that they're looking at it is Hey, we're going to charge our client, you know, 1% for an example to manage their bond portfolio. But instead, we think it's, you know, more appropriate to allocate to this annuity versus a bond. You know, we're going to charge our same 1%. Now, for those of you out there that are looking at a retainer model, um, this will just fit into your services as like a retainer advisor, for example. So if you offer different packages, maybe insurance is part of that retainer package. If you have like a, you know, like a silver, you know, bronze, gold level, you know, whatever levels you may have, right? You can incorporate insurance in one of those levels. And if you're somebody that's thinking about going hourly, um, you would just charge hourly fees on the work that you do here. But I would say, you know, far and beyond most people, it's assets under management and they're charging their typical AUM fee against that cash value of that product. Uh, to your point, though, Brad, there's things like term insurance, disability insurance, traditional long-term care. Those don't carry cash balances. So you'll either do that just as an added service to your client, essentially just helping them fulfill their plan. Um, if you're fee-based, you can work with somebody to get a commission on it. Um, or the third option for those types of contracts is a planning fee, which I see from time to time. Advisors may just incorporate that in their typical you know, planning fee. But that, that's how you monetize on this. Yeah, it's great. And so a thing I've come across, right? So there are advisors that this is a meaningful part of their value proposition and a meaningful part of their practice. And so justifiably, if they if they are going to use the solutions and implement them, they, they deserve to be compensated in, in some fashion. I think you, you gave some great examples of, of where that is. Uh, and then I've also come across other advisors, you know, of, of all different sizes, but that, that maybe say, hey, I want to be able to offer insurance solutions because one, it might be just easier for my client that I help them with that uh, as opposed to having to send them elsewhere. And then two, if you do send them elsewhere, you never for sure necessarily know wh where that could lead the relationship. Does that person maybe try to, to try to gain more of the client opportunity? And so, so to keep it in-house, but not necessarily advisors, there's some advisors that aren't necessarily doing it for the compensation. They're just doing it for the, the value add, the service. Again, maybe if it's a, a retainer model, they, they feel they're being paid that way. But is it possible for some of these things to work with a firm like yours and for that advisor that does say, hey, I want to implement them. And maybe this is great, great to, you know, for you guys to, if this works out, but that, that say, Hey, I don't, I don't want any compensation because I also want to be able to say, I don't receive compensation. Do you ever see advisors do that? Or is that possible? It sounds like some products 
there's no there's no competition anyways but have you ever seen someone just kind of go across the board like that yeah sure so i, I see that more often with traditional insurance right so when i say traditional insurance i'm talking about term insurance disability long-term care I'm definitely seeing firms that, because exactly what you said, right? That's, I don't want to send my client to the Northwestern Mutual agent. That Northwestern, it, it used to be the Northwestern Mutual agent only did, you know, term insurance, disability, um, and a little bit of whole life. But now the Northwestern person has a CFP and they're also trying to sell my client planning. So I don't want to do that, right? I want to make sure I can handle it in-house. Typically, the problem is you don't have the license or the expertise to actually, you know, do those items. And that's where you can work with a company like ours, because obviously the expertise, but we also provide the licensing now, but I would tell you other product lines that are seen as an allocation. So things like, you know, index annuities, fixed annuities, variable annuities. Um, I would just caution you against doing those at discounted rates or no rates at all, because what you don't want to do is create conflicts of interest, right? You want to be billing on everything the same. So whether it's a, you know, insurance asset, a stock, a bond, a mutual, an ETF, you just want to make sure from a compliance perspective that you charge, you know, even fees across the board. Um, so yeah, for the most part, we see firms charging AUM fees if it carries a cash balance. Um, if it doesn't carry a cash balance, yeah, to your point, they're doing it as an added service and not really billing on it. That's a great point. It's interesting because someone could be trying to do what they feel is maybe the better path. And I, I don't, I want to forego compensation, but to your point under, under some of those products and solutions, it's, it's maybe creating a conflict of interest by not charging because now you have an incentive to, to you know, look at certain asset classes over others but as a result of that. So that's a great point. Um, you did mention briefly their licenses. So what, and I assume it, it, it perhaps varies, you know, typically people think, oh, if I'm going to do a variable annuity, I have to have a, a BD relationship in Series 7 and, oh, maybe I need my insurance licenses. So it might be a nuanced answer, but if you could just help us again, if I'm a financial advisor, I want to do some of this, what licenses do I need to be able to implement these things? Yeah, no. So it definitely varies based on the product. Let's start with variable annuities. That's what most people coming from the brokerage world are used to. So you're exactly right. There, there has to be a broker dealer um, involved with a variable annuity transaction, which you know typically requires six, 63 or seven. Now, you know, as we're talking today, you know, um, a lot of you are thinking about, hey, I want to go RA only. This is, I don't want the broker dealer. So maybe I won't even do variable annuities. Well, the good news is there's, there's actually, you know, solutions to this problem. Um, like I said, there's a couple of carriers that will supply a broker dealer for you. And by supplied, I mean, they have an in-house agent that essentially writes the policy, right? And then there's carrier, the companies like, like our company here at DPL, where, you know, we work with those companies, but also for carriers that don't have a broker dealer um, capacity, um, we will actually act on that for you. So essentially, we can give you access to over you know, 20 different variable annuity companies because we provide that um, broker-dealer license. Um, you as the advisor, you are essentially just the limited power of attorney on these contracts, right? So you're not selling it. You're not, you don't need a 663, a 7. You don't need any of that. You need a 65, 66 CFP, whatever your state requires for you to be an investment advisor and charge fees for doing so. So on variable annuities, Yes, the licenses are required, but you don't have to have them. Most people will supply the license through a third-party, you know, agency desk like we do, and some carriers do. Um, now, when we're looking at, you know, fixed, indexed, um, you know, term insurance, life insurance, things like that, um, same concept. If you don't have a life insurance license, you want to dump it. That's okay because there's companies like ours that supply it, and there's carriers that supply it for you as well. Um, however, if you do still hold a life insurance license. 
you have the ability to write, you know, fixed index, you know, those types of policies um, if you would like. So you could be the writing agent on it and you could either do that in an advisory capacity through a firm like ours, or you could do it through a commission capacity, you know, through like an IMO, FMO type model. So for the advisor that has uh, existing positions, so maybe maybe we'll, we'll go down that path next of uh, an advisor that it's a meaningful part of their practice. And we'll, we'll get to maybe what it looks like for someone that wants to, that hasn't been doing any of this and wants to, to start sure. doing it. But for the advisor that has uh, an existing insurance component to their practice at whatever model or firm they're at now, uh, maybe a, a broker dealer type firm. And, and so some of those were at least tr traditionally, originally a commission-based product and it still makes sense for the, the client uh, at the moment to maybe have those positions. What, what can you guys do to help them? I don't know if convert's the right word or, or look at opportunities to say, hey, what, how can we take this existing uh, book, for lack of a better word, of, of insurance solutions you have now? And, and if you like this story over here, what's, what's that transition look like? So take the typical breakaway advisor that has some amount of insurance business. What, what is it you guys do with those folks to try to help them bridge that, that gap to what you're describing? Yeah, maybe give you give you an example of a firm that we're working with right now. So there's a firm that um, is a, a $400 million firm with LPL, breaking away, starting their own RA. And essentially one of the hurdles of breaking away was that about 20% of the revenue was tied up in trails from old annuities. So that was obviously a big consideration was, okay, if we break away and go RA, what do we do with that 20% that is tied up in trails? Can we convert some of that over to an advisory platform? Or maybe do we look at, you know, maybe somebody in the office stays with the broker dealer and we kind of do the commissions that way or, or change broker dealers. Well, so what we did for them, um, we have a tool on our website that's actually an automated annuity review uh, system where essentially you, you just type in the general um, details of your annuity and it'll actually run you through a simulation to see if there is, it, it shops a whole marketplace to figure out if that client would benefit through a 1035 exchange. And the key there is obviously, you know, working in fiduciary capacity now. So if there's things like surrender charges, that needs to be a consideration. If you want a surrender fee, we can, we can do a break-even analysis, but it probably won't make sense to, to make a change. Um, if your client has an income rider and they've already turned that on years ago, that contract's probably pretty far underwater, probably not going to make sense uh, to make a move on. But it, with this advisor and kind of our experience working with over a thousand RA firms, we find that about 65% of the time, that client would be better off switching to an advisory contract, even after you assess your fee. So that's what you're looking for. So what you would do is take your existing book and you can have, you know, our marketplace, you know, shop everything that's out there for you and essentially give you an analysis on your book that would say, hey, here's the policies that we can justify making a move. Even after you charge a fee, it's less expensive, more income, whatever the deal might be. And then the other 35% break that down with regards to which ones are just too far underwater, you know, which ones have a surrender charge. That way you can make a more educated decision on essentially, okay, if that represents 20% of my revenue, if I can bring over, you know, 12, 13% of that, um, you know, that's pretty attractive. If I can only bring over 5% of that, maybe I need to, you know, evaluate different options. But, but yeah, essentially you just want to do an evaluation on costs, on benefit. And it's really important to see the you know, whole marketplace so that you can see what options are available. And what a, so that's a, it was a great, and I, I certainly appreciate your, you being a straight shooter and not, and not saying, oh, every scenario possible is, is, yeah. is, a, is a solution for you guys, because I think that's just being realistic. But for that advisor that it is, that's 65%, 70%, maybe of where, where, the, where a conversion 
if that's the correct word to 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 fee based solution is is works out for that for that part that that it doesn't and it's still sitting there. Is there any option, you know, to at least kind of bring it in and park it with you guys, even if there's no compensation, so that they at least you know protect that part of maybe a client's relationship? Or what what options are there for that that thirty five ish percent? Just I know that was an example that that you gave. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of our general experience about thirty five percent. And here's what I've seen advisors do that we've helped in transition. Um, it depends on how big that is, right? I mean, if, if that 35% represents a decent amount of money, what I've seen advisors do is there are some broker dealers that are very friendly with your RA. What I mean by that is, you know, they'll let you run your RA, do your own thing, and then they'll just help you out with just that, you know, smaller part of your book. And those are companies like Persh Kaplan Sterling, uh, Private Client Services, you know, mutual securities are three that come to mind. So if that represents a considerable amount of revenue for you, I would, you know, advise you to maybe look at one of those companies that maybe, you know, you would still, someone have to keep the broker dealer affiliation, but at least you could keep that revenue. Um, and then at least they won't touch your RA. That's one option if it's meaningful. Um, if it's not meaningful, um, they're a meaningful amount of revenue. There's kind of two options that I've seen. Um, one is if the, you still have somebody that you're friendly with at the broker dealer, just transitioning over to you know a, a colleague that you're friendly with. But if you want to completely rid yourself of that broker dealer, get your clients completely away from it, um, we actually have the ability to do an agent of record change here at DPL. So essentially, whatever your broker dealer is, we would switch that over to us. And essentially, you know, we would be the quote unquote broker dealer on the account. Now we're not going to solicit your client, call them, do any of that. That's just a, a service for you so that you don't have to worry about, you know, Joe Schmo calling your client because they're the new, you know, broker in town that's, you know, was assigned to your client's account. And then we can help you get things like quarterly statements and such. Um, but yeah, there's agent record options as well as, you know, switching it over uh, to these other options that'll leave your RA kind of alone. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot that there's this scenario of just needing, wanting to protect that that client relationship, that it's it's a, only a piece of the overall client relationship. If you do leave it behind, you know, and you could you could try to leave it with someone, a friendly person that, that you know, but the, the tough thing is you never kind of know where, where that leads as the years pass kind of thing. So certainly good that there's a, there's a pathway, even if it's, if it's, you know, maybe just a, and then again, I don't know if park is the right word, but a way to, to put it with you and, and at least protect the relationship and, and the advisor can still, you know, not have fears about the client being solicited and, and those sorts of things I think is helpful. Certainly. What about, so now let's, that's kind of conversion. I know I, I said it at a high level, certainly at the end, I'll, I'll uh, ask you to give contact information, people that want to dive deeper on their specific situations, but Let's let's say an advisors talk to you and your team. Uh, they figured out this, you know, whatever amount can convert. They figured out solutions. So now they're on the other side, or along that, just an advisor that maybe hasn't done any insurance solutions that would like to begin to do this. What what does that look like of of coming to a firm like yours? Is that is it almost like the proverbial supermarket where you say, hey, here's all of our options, and we have team members that help you understand them and sort through them, or what? What is that kind of going forward? experience like with a, with a firm like yours? Yeah. What I think is important is if you've never done insurance before, um, you know, you probably heard a lot of bad things about costs, commissions. So, and really, you know, and most of it's been bad sales tactics. I mean, I could I go to, sometimes I'll sit on annuity seminars, other companies just to hear, and it's always this latest and greatest pitch and it always seems too good to be true. So if you've never used insurance and that's your experience, I understand. I, I understand where they're coming from. So one thing that we do at DPL is we leave with education with everything. So everything is about educating the advisor on here's actually how it works. 
Here's why you would do it. Here's who you would do it for. Um, no sales gimmicks, right? And what we do as well is we provide calculators and tools for you to utilize. Like the one that I'm being, you know, I have spent so much time on recently. Um, so we had, we had a couple of our firms that are really highly regarded fiduciaries and they brought to my attention one of the tools on our website. It's about income efficiency. And they wanted to explain to me how they were looking at it. And it was fantastic. Essentially what they were doing was they were comparing their bond portfolio. They're putting their bond portfolio into our tool. And then they were looking at essentially an annuity and which would be more efficient for producing retirement income. And those of you that have you know, heard of Wade Fowle, Michael Finka, David Blanchett, they've always talked about this whole idea of income efficiency. It's just been so hard to operationally pull it off. So essentially what we've done is created tools where you can operationalize that. And then the marketplace essentially, so you, you shop for the best product to fit that income efficiency concept. And this is what's had my team really busy lately is essentially everybody's, because of where fixed income is, everybody's looking for a solution and they're using our tools and our calculators to kind of get conceptually why an annuity makes sense. And then using the marketplace to find the one that makes sense and then working with a consultant for you to go one by one, how that product works. So yeah, I would say you really need the education and that's really what we're gonna be here to help you with is kind of understand how it works, no sales gimmicks, and just use math um, as the equation. Calling in. Now, that's great. And I'm a huge proponent myself of education from on my website, doing videos like this, that I, I think you really you owe it to people to, to first help them understand it before you try to say, oh, hey, I'm, I'm the, the solution for it. So I, I applaud you guys for leading with that as well. So what does that first conversation look like? So if, if an advisor's listening to this, so I, my audience is primarily advisors that are thinking about moving into that RA model. So there's a lot of variables involved in that. And that's a big part of what I help them through is think, think through all these different decisions. And so if, if there is that advisor, uh, they do have that insurance part, they are going to maybe need a solution uh, like, like what uh, DPL provides. If they call up, and we'll get to kind of how people reach out to you guys, but if they call up I mean, what is that first conversation like? I'm, I'm a big proponent of this question just to prepare people when they, they call up. Is that immediately, hey, let's just keep it education? Is that, oh, hey, let's start diving into the nitty gritty of the specific positions you currently hold? Or what does what that first call look like so people can kind of know what to expect if they were to reach out? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we want to understand is, first of all, what's your situation, right? Uh, is your situation, you know, the camp where, hey, I have a, a large annuity book and I need help with it, like help me transition that over? Or is the conversation, hey, I do a little bit of insurance and I'm breaking away and, you know, I want to see if I can still write insurance, you know, through a DPL. But so once we kind of understand that situation, we want to take you to our calculators on our website because most people, they want to play around, run some numbers, see for themselves what goes on. So typically the first interaction is going to be a 15 minute call where we walk you through how to use the calculators on our website. And then also during that call, we want to provide some education on how the fee billing works and how some of the data aggregation works. So for example, if you're using like an Orion, a black diamond and a device on, we want to make sure you understand how everything can fit in together um, and fit seamlessly. Because like I said, right now, a lot of advisors are used to insurance being transactional. So this idea of making it more strategic means that it has to come in and fit into the, the overall grand scheme of things. So that first interaction is going to be a little bit around advisory fee billing, how it fits into a portfolio management system, and then also showing you, you know, how the tools on our website progress. And then really from there, you know, if there's interest and there's business, obviously we have further modules that we go through that kind of, you know, walk you through kind of how we actually execute on a 1035 exchange, walk through the operations of that, 
how we can actually help you do that fixed income allocation concept that I, I mentioned a couple of fiduciaries when working with us on, but it really it's first getting those tools in front of you so that you can play around with them for yourself and, and run the numbers. That's great. And I'll, I'll link in the show notes to, uh, to a number of these tools, obviously the, <clears throat> the website, they can find it, but maybe we can link to a couple uh, direct ones so people can certainly find what you're talking about. So I think that would be helpful. And, and what, along with that process for that advisor, that's has that existing uh, book of again, insurance business and is looking to make a transition to the RA model that the part that has to do with talking to folks like you looking at what can I convert? What can I, can I not convert? How, how long would you recommend needs to be factored into that both on that front end? Hey, what, what can I do? And then typically after they, they kind of flip the switch and then they start making that transition to RA model and then kind of go live with, okay, let's actually implement this. How long do you typically see that process in the back end taken to, to convert these sorts of things where it makes sense? Yeah, sure. In our experience, you know, firms, generally speaking, they're going to move their IRAs, brokerage accounts. You're going to move all that stuff first, right? So that'll take you, what, 60, 90 days to kind of get all that stuff knocked out. Get your typical AUM moved over. What we'd like to do is while you're in that transition period, um, if you can get us that annuity book, what we'll do is we'll do the analysis on your annuity book while you're moving those rest of the assets, essentially. So we'll kind of do the homework for you while you guys are, are taking care of working, you know, getting paperwork filled out and getting all the other assets. That way, when you're finished, we have a report sitting there waiting on you that says, okay, of your 100 contracts you sent over, here's the ones. And um, advisors, what they'll do is they'll, they'll generally rank those, obviously, from you know highest asset to smallest asset, because remember, it's asset center management now. So there's definitely some incentive on the, you know, the larger policies. So they'll want to rank them that direction, or maybe they'll rank them based on, you know, when the next client meeting coming up is, right? But essentially, you know, once you get that, that Excel sheet with kind of the, the game plan together, the playbook that we're going to follow, um, what that looks like, you know, we put together a proposal for you. So you'll actually have a client facing proposal that you could just sit down and show the client, you know, pretty simply. And it lays out costs, it lays out income, all the things that you'd want to see. So the client conversation is really easy based on the proposal we put together. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's not like showing them an insurance illustration or prospectus. It's a very simplified document that just says, here's the big things you need to know. So once the client has that, sorry, Brad, you have a no, question? No, go ahead. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. Yeah. So once you have that, um, everything's electronic now. It's a great thing. I don't know. Some of you might be used to the old archaic insurance world where everything's paper ass, right? We've actually created electronic versions of applications now. So once you've had that client meeting, that application process is really easy. It's all electronic. Um, once that's been completed, and we do all the paperwork for you, just so you know, um, if you need a back office support staff, we'll do all that for you. We'll pre-fill apps. Give them together, loan to power of attorney documents, advisory fee documents, the whole nine yards is put together for you. Um, so once the client signed all that, we've helped with all that paperwork. Um, it's moving a little bit slower than it used to, obviously, because of COVID. Mail slowed down in general. Um, but generally speaking, we can, from signature to funding through a 1035, you're looking at, you know, 15 to 20 calendar days, probably just because it's still snail mail and checks and things like that. Um, and then we'll help you get set up on the back end so that you can manage it. So show you how to log in, show you how to trade, get it set up in your portfolio management system. So really call it, you know, start to finish interactions about 30 days, and then you'll see it on your portfolio management system, you know, 30 days for a full completion of cycle to where, you know, it's integrated in everything that you do. That's great. And, and I assume you'd, you'd say on the, on the very front end, it's never too early to, to call in for that education conversation and start start talking at a macro level. It, it certainly doesn't hurt. I'm a big believer in that. You don't, um, you know, information kind of 
things processes change over time, but you can certainly begin that conversation, even if you think you're not going to transition for a little while to, to start to get a feel for what that looks like. So I think that's, I think that's helpful. Well, before we, before we wrap up, um, I, I started off at the top of the show talking about kind of misconceptions out there in the, the marketplace. What, in all your conversations with advisors, what, what would you say is maybe one of the one or two of the, the biggest misconceptions that you end up having to correct people on that they, they come to you, they, they think they can't do something or they're skeptical about something. And it, and it turns out you, you help them understand that there is a pathway. What, what would you say the biggest misconceptions you come across on the insurance front are? Yeah, for, for those who are used to insurance, cost is always a big hindrance. And that's because of the commission rule, like a variable annuity is three and a half, four percent um, We can get clients out the door at 50 basis points, no problem at all, plus your advisory fee. So cost should never be a concern. When you rip that commission out, it just drastically changes the pricing. So that, that shouldn't be a concern is cost. Um, another one is, if I was asking, how do I charge a fee on an insurance product? I've never done that before. This is new to me. You know, How can I charge a fee on insurance, right? That's why what I mentioned earlier, treating this as strategic asset allocation and not one-off transactions is so important. You have to look at it from that perspective. You have to say, okay, if I have a million dollar client and they're a 60-40 client and I'm gonna replace some of their fixed income with an annuity, I gotta look at it as a 60-20-20 client. I still gotta look at it as a million dollar client, not an $800,000 client with a $200,000 annuity, right? So as long as you're looking at it from that way and you have it integrated into your portfolio management system, you should feel confident charging a fee for it because you're doing what's best for your client. If you've done your diligence and you know this is the best option for your client as a fiduciary, you know you should feel confident in charging your fees for that. Because remember, you don't get paid to trade, you get paid to give your client the best outcome. So maybe you're not trading that annuity as frequently as you might trade other accounts, but that annuity gave the client a better outcome. You know, feel confident in, in charging a fee on that, right? So the advisory fees, one, uh, cost are another. And then just the whole concept of if I use an annuity, aren't I, you know, hurting my client's nest egg? Isn't it gone if I use an annuity? And that's not the case. There are new types of products, new types of constructs to where you can get income, guaranteed income. You can even get, you know, guaranteed downside protection, all these things without surrender charges and without annuitizing. What that means is you can charge an advisory fee on that account till it hits $0, right? So you're not going to lose advisory fee revenue. There's this, um, Concept I've heard of a new aside, which is basically I kill my business if I use annuities because I don't have anything to manage anymore, right? You're still managing that annuity even with the income. So there's still the ability to charge a fee on it. So I'd say that's kind of the three biggest things I run into. Yeah. And I I, I mean, again, I, I don't blame people for having misconceptions because quite frankly, I think this, this whole concept of a, a no load or no commission or fee only, whatever we want to call it, insurance uh, is, is, is a foreign subject matter to a lot of folks. And so I, I do encourage people, if you, you think you can't do a particular thing with your, your client base, well, may, maybe you can't, but but maybe you can. And it's just a matter of getting that education, reaching out to, to people like Tim and his team to better understand it, watching a video like this, listening to the podcast. So uh, certainly important there. So for folks that that this is resonating with, they, they think, hey, I do have that existing client base, or maybe I want to incorporate this going forward. Uh, they like what you hear. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of you, Tim, personally. I think you're a wealth of knowledge and, and certainly DPL uh, as a whole. So for people that want to reach out, what's what's the best way to, to make that initial contact and, and uh, begin learning more and, and dive it into it? Yeah, yeah. I would encourage you to go to our website. And then we have a, a contact us section where we, we guys can uh, tell us exactly what you're looking for. Um, so our website is DPLF. 
dplp.com. So that's uh, David Paul Larry Frank Paul.com, dplp.com. I encourage you to go out there and then go to the, the contact section and, and we'll have a, a consultant reach out to you uh, from there. Um, that, that can walk you there and exactly figure out your situation. There's always have an 800 number on there that you can call as well. Um, so I'd highly encourage you to pop out there and just, you know, you would have a dedicated consultant that would be tied to your account. So um, I'm telling you to go to our general information right now, but basically at that point, we would assign somebody that would be dedicated to you that you'd work with, you know, consistently. Uh, this isn't like a call center where you call an internet line, you get somebody new every time. So, um, yeah. But, but yeah, bro, yeah, I appreciate you having me on today and, you know, congrats to having uh, 50 episodes here. Glad I could join you for this one. And uh, yeah, th- thanks a lot for having me today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining. We'll add the, uh, again, the website in the show notes as well as some of the other links there. As long as you end up on the main website, you know, you can certainly dive from there. I know a lot of, uh, which Tim mentioned, and I, I've, I've come across it a, a number of times myself, a lot of educational content on the site. So you can just always start diving into it there. And then, and then like Tim said, if and, if and when you reach the point you want to you know, have that conversation uh, easy to, to reach out to their team and, and get connected. So Tim, thank you again for, for jumping on and for everyone listening. Again, uh, certainly appreciate uh, the participation, the uh, uh, the support. 50 episodes uh, has come a long way from the first episode and, and certainly look forward to the next 50. Uh, but if you're not already there, if you head on over to transition2ria.com, you can see all of the episodes, both in video format uh, and in podcast format. So whatever you're watching or listening on now, if you'd prefer to do the other, it's certainly available to you. Uh, and uh, have great resources like uh, like Tim on here that can help you. So Tim, thanks again. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, Brian.